Still, Paul. You forgot who he was for a second. Uh, this is a yeah. podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Today's topic is Family Matters. Uh, family Matters premiered on September 22nd, 1989. It ran for eight seasons on ABC and then one season on CBS. That's 215 episodes so far. Paul, do you remember how many episodes the X-Files had? Two hundred and 12. Mm, I don't so close. Price is right rules. I guess you'd still win. 218 episodes the X-Files had. And, oh, um, I was close. You were close. And Family Matters had 215. So I just felt that the contrast was interesting. It's like one of the longest running sitcoms. Wasn't sure it? as hell is. Yeah. yeah. So creators of this show were William Bickley, Robert Boyette, and Thomas Miller. I didn't have to look any of them up. Starred. <laughs> it starred Reginald <laughs> Bill Johnson, Joe Marie Payton, Kelly Shanine Williams, Jaleel White, and Darius McCrary. I couldn't find a Rotten Tomatoes score on this bad boy. That so, yeah, no, so no score on that one. And then our synopsis is the Winslow family deal with various misadventures, many of them caused by their pesky next door neighbor, ultra nerd Steve Urkel. Ooh, I take exception to that uh, synopsis. You do? I would like to hear what. I do. We can get into it later. Well, you have to remind me to come back to that synopsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he, he I will. There I are will. many exceptions. Okay. I'm writing it down. Okay. Because so, I often say, let's come back to that, and then we never do. That's so. true, because we ramble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Paul, what was your experience with Family Matters as a kid? This was TGIF. It was TGIF. on TGIF. Yes. And it was a thing I watched. And <laughs> I came to this. I think I actually remember that it was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Holy shit. I did not know that. You are correct. And that because i like perfect strangers a lot okay larry and balky and larry appleton App, i can't say that but um anyway perfect strangers <laughs> is good that's funny i haven't watched it in in a few decades though so maybe it's not as good as i think it should go on the list <laughs> it should go on the list <laughs> anyway this was on tgif i remember watching it i don't know i i was positive toward it as a kid and had positive memories of it but, well it was a thing I watched. I don't know. It was on TJF. It was on all the time. Right, right. So I would say my experience was similar, and I think we can both agree that back in the day, uh, you just kind of watched what was on, and there wasn't a ton of options. Yes. And like yeah. this was... And we've talked about that before. Yeah, so this is a thing that was on TJF, so I also just watched it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. remember particularly liking it or hating it one way or the other. Um, yep. I, yeah. I didn't remember very much about it. I was actually surprised to find when I did the rewatch when I saw a certain episode synopsis that I was like, oh, I remember this episode specifically. Like, I was surprised to find that because I didn't have much memory one way or the other. Um so yeah, that was that was kind of how I thought of it as a kid. Um, I have some some stuff to talk about, some of my other thoughts about TJF shows, but we'll wait until we get into the into our notes. Um, would you like to hear some fun facts? Absolutely. 
So you already knew a fun fact. So I, I didn't know this or Slash didn't remember this, but but yeah, this show is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. So Harriet Winslow was the wisecracking elevator operator at the newspaper where Larry and Balky worked, um, which mm-hmm. I didn't know. And I actually, um, I kind of loved that they took a, a, a woman of color character and centered a show um, around that. So uh, I kind of loved that. So as but such, also it's her that, job is elevator operator, which yeah, is- Yeah, it's really funny. random. And I will tell you at the beginning of the show when I rewatched it, like they talk about it once and then that's never her job anymore. So that's not right. her job anymore in the yeah. show. <laughs> in the show. Yeah. Anywho, it's set in the same TV universe as several other TV shows uh, related to TGIF and then later CBS's Block Party, which was like the TGIF competition that no one watched. Um, characters from Family Matters appeared on other shows, including Full House, Boy Meets World, Step by Step, and Mego. I don't know that show. Do you know that show, Mego? What? Yeah, no. You're like, I don't... Anyway, I know those other ones. Anywho. Amigo? I can't understand just what you're Migo, even saying. Just Amigo. M-E-E-G-O. Clearly, I could have researched this and didn't. Anywho. Um, <laughs> having run for nine seasons, Family Matters became the second longest running non-animated U.S. sitcom with a predominantly African-American cast behind only the Jeffersons, which was 11 seasons. Hmm. Midway through the first season, the show introduced the Winslow's nerdy neighbor, Steve, and was originally he was only originally scripted to appear as a one-time character. However, he quickly became the show's breakout character. Valerie Jones played Judy, the youngest Winslow child in the pilot, was replaced by Jamie Foxworth, and then Judy had little screen time. When Foxworth requested a salary incre- increase, they just wrote her off the show. Later episodes revised the show's history so that she never existed. She just disappeared. So I had that. I found this out because I watched the pilot. Yeah, she's just gone. But she wasn't in the first episode. She wasn't in the pilot. She was in the pilot, but as a different actor. Because it's a different girl in the pilot. And they never say her name. No. Yeah. They don't say it to like episode. So they just never gave a shit about that third right. child. And then it never went anywhere. And they just got rid of her. Um, right. uh, also, at the end of the show, yeah. Harriet, uh, who is Joe Marie Payton, also peaced out and was replaced in the end of the last season. <laughs> and quotes, yeah. you know, from her say that she would have peaced out earlier than that because she felt like the show jumped the shark, but she was under contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it was a it was a mainstay of the the TJF lineup, and then it became part of the CBS Block Party. And I thought this was interesting. It got bought and switched along with Step by Step in a forty million dollar deal. Yeah. Whoa. So I just thought that was like that was bonkers. And then it like they canceled it <laughs> after a season. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was crazy. It was filmed in front of a live can I just studio. Interject. You can and say that there are so many examples of. What do you call it? Like a studio exec? Like a, a network exec? Yeah, sure. Who apparently, they're just throwing darts at the wall. They have no idea what what they're doing either. There's so many examples. They're like, oh, we bought this thing for $8 bajillion. Right, and, right. And now it, we're canceling it like four episodes later because it's not making money. Right, well, right. That seems like it happens all the time. It seems like they should have better. Bias, they but... should have better. They should be better at it by now. <laughs> They should, someone should be better at it. I mean, I guess they're trying to predict the future in some ways, but like, man, they sure. should know more than me. Yeah. Well, Whatever. Right. No, well, sure. Uh, maybe that's your calling. So <laughs> the series was filmed in front of a live studio audience, which accounts for the terrible laughing and woos, which we can talk about. <laughs> Get going. Um, the Urkel merchandise that went along with this show included a talking doll, trading cards, posters, books, lunchboxes, t-shirts, and a limited edition cereal, which would have been on Paul's Christmas list. Musical guests include New Edition, Freddie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Musical edition. 
the guests included New Edition, Freddie Jackson, Missy Elliott, Ziggy Marley, and Donna Summer. I included that because the idea that Missy Elliott was on this show, like the idea that this was as in the same concurrent timeline as Missy Elliott being famous really blew my mind for some reason. Yeah, that does seem like... It, it ju- I mean, and it totally makes sense because it was like 97, 98, but I just... I really had a hard time with that in my brain. Jaleel Light was nearly cast as Rudy Huxtable in The Cosby Show, so almost didn't get a chance wow. to be on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like in final auditions, and then they didn't even go with a male human. So, interesting. <laughs> Though it was never produced, the show's 10th storyline, the 10th season storyline was already set, and Urkel and Laura were going to get married. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And then, as I think we've discussed on the podcast before, possibly in Ghostbusters, that Reginald Bell Johnson is always a police officer. Um, yep. So he's in Ghostbusters, Turner and Hooch, and then Die Hard. And so that leads me to believe that all of that is universe, and then also that would put Perfect Strangers in the same universe. So that's a fun fact <laughs> for you. This is a good time to make a segue to, do you know about the Tommy Westfall universe hypothesis? No. So... This is just a fun, silly thing about crossovers in TV shows and stuff. So, uh, Tommy Westfall was the... Now I'm not going to mess it up. I should look it up. Tommy is... It's the... It's St. Elsewhere. Okay. Okay. It's the show. And at the end of the show, he is... So, Tommy is a little kid. And this show ran from 82 to 88. Okay? Mm -hmm. And... The he's supposed to be autistic, and sure. the last episode of the show is one interpretation is that the entire storyline of Saint Elsewhere exists only within Tommy's imagination. Sure, I have okay. heard that, even though I never watched that show. I never watched the show either, but because of the crossovers that happen between TV shows, the oh. the Tommy Westfall universe. So if you say that's the canon interpretation, which that's one interpretation, whatever. It ends up being like 90% of or 80% of all shows that happened in the 80s and 90s and on become part of the his imagination. Oh, my God. like if that character appeared, if a character from St. Elsewhere appeared in another show, that show is now also in part his of his imagination. imagination because they're fictional. And then it just keeps passing on and on. Like sure. X-Files becomes part of that westfall universe because there's a crossover somewhere oh that's between funny like six Saint degrees of it's like you know seven degrees of right yeah so like yeah. it ends up being this huge percentage of all tv ever like, oh, <laughs> existed really only in this one kid's dream so yeah this is fun oh i love that i never heard of that before good stuff so family matters dude how much would you watch so i gotta say i think that i messed up my rewatch on this oh no and it's partly my fault maybe partly not my fault it is very scientific and (laughs) i think that when i was a kid i suspect that i caught family matters as a middle schooler or late elementary early middle schooler and i probably stopped watching by the end yeah and i would be like okay i guess i catch it and i know the characters and blah 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 blah, but i wasn't really watching it like when it was tgif well because you had hot dates on friday nights Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> so now you threw off my whole train of thought. That's what I do. But yeah, that's that's what you're good at. 
I also don't think that I ever saw the beginning episodes. I don't think I started watching it at the beginning because I really don't remember the first. I watched only episodes out of the first season, but that's partially because I, I usually try and want to watch like the pilot and maybe the second episode. And then I was trying mm-hmm. to find, I wanted to find the first episode where Urkel shows up because he really defined this show. I tried to find that too. So when you tried to find that, so when I looked it up, I found <laughs> it was very, a mess. What? It's a mess. It I, was, it's a mess. I found varying. So for people who didn't Google this, because of course you fucking didn't. Right. When you Google it, you get conflicting results. One says it's the first episode where Rachel, they encourage Rachel to go on dates, Aunt Rachel. And then one says it's Laura's first mm-hmm. date, um, Not- first dance episode. But he's clearly in it before that because that motherfucker just walks in and starts talking to Carl like. No, he's not. He's absolutely not. This is the thing. Okay, so (laughs) if you Google it, you will find that the first episode Steve Urkel is in is called Rachel's First Date. Rachel is the aunt. Aunt Rachel is the mom, is Harriet's sister. Yes, correct. And her husband is dead. Right. And she's being encouraged to go date this guy. Okay. That's right. Before the theme song, (laughs) before the theme song, there's a scene. Carl's in the kitchen making himself a giant ice cream sundae. And Steve Urkel just walks in. Carl knows exactly who he is. Yes. He's like, hi, Steve. They have a whole interaction. Steve essentially tricks Carl out of eating or makes him feel guilty about eating yes, his ice cream so Steve can thing. eat it. So I had this entire So they're thing. familiar. Steve walks into their house. He knows Steve. This whole then, exact thing, I was baffled. If, if you're like, I, I watched this whole episode and I was like, clearly Steve's going to come back at some point. He never shows mm-hmm. up again in the whole episode. So I was like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> and then... <laughs> So I'm like, okay, what's the, I, I kept, then I was Googling again. I was like, okay, the first episode he really shows up and has a part in this show is episode 12 in the first season, which is called Laura's First Date. I watched which, both that's of super these, helpful. <laughs> so I watched, I watched, I think I watched about three quarters of Laura's First Date. I don't know how it ends. But then he's like, first of all, he's known as the mouse eater. What the hell is that? Wait, they call they're, they're making fun of Steve Urkel because he, oh, he yeah, ate a that's mouse. I, I was like, w- is that a thing? What, uh, why wait, are you... No one, I have no idea if this was context that was laid before because I didn't see it anywhere, but they definitely all said it. I don't think it was. I don't think he's in it from episode four. I skipped over. So to be honest, he could be in it and I don't know. But my understanding from Googling was that he's in episode four for that 20 seconds before yeah. the first before the theme song and then he comes back as Laura's first date and he re- and audience reacted so well that he kept coming back. He was supposed to be a one-off character. Correct. But that they introduced him in episode 4 earlier in that one scene with just Carl which was filmed later and added in because they didn't want audiences to, they wanted it to be abrupt if he was going to stay on the series. So they were trying to like basically retcon him in before so weird like it before he was really in I don't, it just ends up being really bizarre well, it was really weird and they, he wasn't like oh the neighbor steve from next door. like there was he just walked in and had a conversation with a character yeah that's not how that's not how you do it but they obviously don't give a fuck because they just disappeared people <laughs> just, like it was no right. big deal they also disappeared the grandma at the end you're like did she right. die we don't know so like we they just know. thought they'd make him appear too well and when he when steve shows up so laura's first date she's having trouble getting a date to the oldest sister is trying or yes. maybe the only sister depending on what version <laughs> of his, of the the reality you're in. <laughs> she's trying to get a date to the, the dance that's coming up now and having trouble because no one wants to go 
which right. is like no I don't remember there being couple date dances at 13. Oh, there absolutely were. I mean dances. there were, but I don't remember it being like the embarrassment Asking of your out. life if you didn't have a date. Oh well, I think in yeah. my experience, my limited experiences where dances were not something that I was interested in doing. Well, same. <laughs> you would you would get asked to a dance and if you said yes, it was like, "Okay, we will meet at the dance yeah. and sort of wave at each other from our respective Correct. gendered friend groups right. and pretend that we're there together." Correct. But the the whole thing is Carl is going to set up he knows this neighbor kid or somehow, but not really because He's going to set up Laura with Steve Urkel because he knows the dad or something. Right. He doesn't have any sense that Laura might think he's the biggest wiener on earth. Like. Right. But he doesn't. Carl opens the door to Steve and looks at him and is like, who are you? He doesn't even recognize this kid who in a previous episode walked in his back door like he owned the place and ate his ice cream. Like. Yeah. It's so weird. Bonkers. (sighs) I mean, I guess the the lesson here is that Family Matters is not very concerned with continuity. Not remotely. <laughs> Which should be obvious to the fact that Judy just, like, got... Right. Disappeared. So I think that... Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, just watching those shows in general. And I think that disregard for continuity was pretty common. Um, yeah. But, you know, so it reminded me, turning this on, this is the first sort of TGIF type of sitcom show that we, I mean, we watched um, Who's the Boss, but that Who's was earlier 80s, mm-hmm. right? So um, overall things that I kind of really, really took me back to watching shows at this time was like the exterior shot of the house and then going into these sets where the set almost becomes a character because they they're like studio audience sets so that there's only like five sets it's like the kitchen table where they all sit down to dinner the backyard the couch Mm -hmm. like and you just see them forever and i just i feel like that's a thing about sitcoms that i kind of forgot um and also let me ask you this yes houses so the set why are so many sitcom houses i I guess it's just like efficiency in filming from the one side they all seem the same layout the houses are all the same layout it's like we get to see the entrance to the living room there's a stairway that go up yeah there's maybe some back rooms there's a sitting area in the living room and then you go through what is almost well i don't want to say almost always is very commonly like a double way swinging hinged door right because right, it's good for comedy to be able to like right go through to and into the kitchen and, which and maybe it's, has it's a, often am i wrong it's often that the exterior door is to the left and the kitchen door is to the right of the couch yeah. like <laughs> it's gotta be yes. a, sometimes a it's flipped thing. sometimes sometimes it's flipped. but i just feel like Who's the boss had the same yeah, house? Yeah, who's the boss? Who's the boss had I the same like house? I feel like Roseanne. I feel like Full, Full House, House. All of step those. Step by Step. Uh, Fresh Prince. Like, all those. Fresh Prince was flipped. Okay, What's okay. the one with Reba McIntyre? Didn't she have a show for a while? Are you thinking about Fran Drescher? No. <laughs> well, I Reba, don't know. Uh, Reba McIntyre had a show. That's hilarious. I don't know that one. Was it just called Reba, maybe? My other note about sure. the theme song was that I remembered the words. I remembered the... Um, the fucking the chorus i didn't remember every word but i remember the bigger love of the family and my my strong feeling is that the titles of these shows <laughs> and the theme song of family matters and full house could just be switched and it wouldn't make any goddamn difference right yeah, um yeah, yeah. they're both 
I like the theme song to this show. I that think was my it's fine. I don't have any problem with it at all, but it doesn't. I truly, in watching it when it started, I was like, oh, it's this one. And then I had to go and watch the fam- the Full House one because I, I was like, if this is this one, then what's the Full House one? And then I remembered it when it started. But anyway, <laughs> it could be switched. And both of them do that thing where the characters are doing an activity that's supposed to be illustrative of their person. And then they stop and look at the camera and do like a cheesy smile. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I just, it's gross to me. Like I, yeah. I, in general, I don't like sitcoms and I don't like a half hour comedy in general. Cause you know, I'm not funny and I hate laughing, Right. <laughs> but I don't, right. I, I do. I typically don't like that type of show. And those like struck me right at the beginning of my rewatch as like very like on brand for this type of show and all stuff yeah. that kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, I wrote it's very much like a line de- delivery sitcom, and yes! maybe that's a function of the. I, and who, I, so, why is it that I liked who? Now I'm like rethinking my who's the boss thumbs up. I have to tell you, I chuckled though when I watched Who's the Boss, and I did not chuckle at Family Matters. Uh-huh. Well. Um, so here's, yeah, so, so I watched, I watched the first couple, uh, I wrote that the laugh track, which I later read was not a laugh track and was a studio audience, but they were <laughs> laughing and I was like, not, not one joke yet has been funny. Yeah. And they also do a woo whenever people walk in, which I did not like. What was your, some of your stuff about the first episode? Cause I watched the first several in a row. The, I watched, watched the first two and then I tried to find Urkel, yeah. uh, and I did appreciate the. Sh- I appreciate that it was Chicago because I grew up close to Chicago in southern Wisconsin, and like I recognized mm-hmm. the exterior shots, not like of the house, but like they're biking sure. across the bridge and stuff. Like uh, that. I mean, I think maybe that was part of it. I don't remember if that was part of it. There was a Prince reference, which I appreciated. I don't understand why the front door didn't actually go outside. They must have changed sets. There from was the a first Prince episode. reference. Yeah. So I actually did like. The thing was, this wasn't funny, no. but it was way more wholesome. Well, and I kept thinking that the whole time. Wholesome is a real good word. They were very... All the stuff I saw, the characters were extremely supportive of each other. They didn't really cut each other down for cheap laughs, which is maybe the problem. I, I, I thought... I don't know. They, The only conflict in the first one was that Carl's mom was moving in and Eddie wants to have his curfew pushed back. Right. I th- it seems to me that every episode I watched, Eddie wanted something that they couldn't Eddie afford. Wanted shoes. He wanted yeah. shoes. He wanted a car. He wanted this. He wanted that. He couldn't have it. And that was like the one of the one of the storylines in every episode. <laughs> and Laura going on a date. The f- Rachel is a writer, apparently. Yeah, which I'm yeah. not sure if that ever came back in in the show at all because I it's I didn't in- see it. It's in one other episode where she submits a story and they, I didn't watch it, but you know, that they like were all mad because she'd based characters on them. But I don't know if it's ever uh, in the later seasons. Cause then, yeah. I mean, because the truth is they started to develop these characters in this family, but there's already a lot of them. And then Urkel comes in and kind of takes over the the focus. And so I think that those other characters. Probably, just, why they, probably why they what? Probably why they kicked Judy out. Yeah, they just, yeah, they're like, we don't have time for this shit. I wrote in my comments, how do I not remember the littlest sister at all? Because she had like three lines total. And then she changed people as of the second episode, and then that person was gone. So One thing about, you know, you said that this was wholesome, and I, like, I forgot 
like sitcoms do this or, you know, like I remember Brady Bunch doing this. I remember a lot of shows doing this at the end. They kind of have like a breakdown and they like have a serious conversation about whatever. And it's always very like meaningful and supportive and it's filled with like, you know, wistful hugs and shit that like like happens in every single one of these episodes where like in the first one you're saying you know the mom moves in and she's a little overbearing and they're struggling to connect and you know he finds her and they have a real honest conversation about it Mm -hmm. and it's like very loving and supportive and they don't fight and nobody gives anybody any shit and i'm like yeah does that ever (laughs) like so and I, i i noticed that you know, there were many little mini conflicts between the family members as the, as I watched, you know, I watched a couple in the first season and then I watched, wanted to watch later on, like how Urkel developed. And like, it was exactly that. Like they were kept being these like conversations where someone really like laid all their emotions out on the line and they had like a real conversation. And I was like, I just don't know that like a 17 year old talks to their parents like that. Yeah. I, I mean, they so in the second episode, Harriet loses her job and yeah. she's looking for a new job. And Carl is legitimately super supportive, yeah, super helpful, pumps her up, talks her up, tell her she's like good enough to get this job that she's not gonna even apply for because she thinks she's not qualified. Right. And super like, supportive. Like, super supportive. And I'm like, I'm why do I not enjoy this? Right. Just like, and then I was like comparing like who's the boss? I was like, okay, in the first ten minutes of who's the boss, we had like sex jokes and kid abuse jokes. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just um, me. There were some <laughs> maybe I'm the problem. No, but I mean I felt the same way. Like I wasn't laughing. I wasn't I wasn't like mad. It wasn't terrible, but I didn't I wasn't like enjoying watching it. Can I tell you one thing that really made me uncomfortable that I didn't like? Yeah, go for it. This is a thing that sitcoms do that I really don't like. Full House did it, and however many other sitcoms, including, like, trying to resurrect a dying sitcom, which is a baby on screen. And I hate, there's just, like, sometimes there's no actual plot happening. There's no actual real lines being delivered about anything. It's literally just, let's put the camera on this cute baby, and it feels really gross to me. Like, because that baby is being, in some sense, exploited for being there as we, people want to watch a cute baby. I mean, and, th- and this is the time where it's twins, right? They had to have twins. It was. And they, of course, didn't want anyone to know that. So they build them as both the kids' first names. The, they didn't even get, like, they didn't get their own credits. At least no. in Full House, they got their own credits. Later on, later on, I think they do. They, they, in, like, season four... Because I watched a bunch later on, like Urkel is in the credits then, and like Myra's in the credits then, and the kid is too, Richie. It just feels really gross to me when they're like, it's not actually part of this, the, I mean, it's a prop. They're using the kid as a prop to make the show more likable. Yeah. I really don't like it. The the baby, on the, it just, it bothers me. And in the second episode, this also bothered me for all parenting reasons. Carl, Rachel runs out and asks, before she runs out, she's like, hey, Carl, can you listen for the baby? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she runs out and Harriet comes back because she's going to go. She has been, she left earlier to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say. Searching for a job. And she says, hey, I didn't make it very far because our car broke down at the end of the block. And Carl runs out of the house 
without passing on to Harriet. Yeah, you the need task to listen. To you need to pass that on. You need to be like, okay, whose job is it? It's my job right now. To yeah, listen to yeah, yeah, yeah. I we, cannot I, leave without passing this on. Yes, yes. As a, as a parent, like I have a big family and everybody likes to hang out with me and the kids, but like you have to assign someone child duty. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone thinks someone else is doing it. Yes. Like, like there's no way Harriet would have known that Rachel wasn't there. So she would assume Rachel's dealing with her own child right now. It's not my responsibility to be listening for this baby. Like that's, that's such a minor little thing, but it really bugged me. No, I completely get it. Like, yeah, they, and actually she does that later on too. She's like, Oh, let me just pop in and ask mother Winslow to like, keep an eye on this kid. I'm like, uh, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, whatever. So throughout this, there's some, there's some real fashion. There's some real heinous sweaters. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I have one thing that I really liked about the second episode, which is that at one point, Carl's shirt is a blue, a bright blue shirt, button-up shirt, with a pattern on it, which is in a darker blue. And it's, if you look closely, it's very understated skull and crossbones <laughs> imagery on his shirt. I'm like, I need to have this shirt. This is such a great shirt. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, it's a skull and crossbones. That's really funny. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a print shirt. It, I, I was like, I, I want to have a shirt, but whatever. Yeah, the, the fashion is something else, but it's 80s, I don't know. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely was. They were really mean to Steve. Uh, you said they were all really nice and supportive of each other. They are, but they're real they mean are, to Steve, yeah. um, which I get it. Like, that's the point of him, but yeah. So what did you want to say about um, him being a the synopsis you took issue with the synopsis. yes that is a perfect segue to what i have issue with in the synopsis is that steve is characterized as an ultra nerd he is a caricature of a nerd yeah it's also one of the reasons why i'm not a big fan of big bang theory right everyone thinks people, we're gonna like it because we're nerds and i'm like no nah. because we're nerds no nah, people who yeah. aren't nerds like it <laughs> People who aren't nerds like it because that's their, it's like the non-nerds idea of, it's like the platonic ideal. That's the wrong, it's like the <laughs> what people think a nerd should be if they're not yeah. a nerd. Yeah. And Steve is the version of that from the 80s and 90s. Right. What you think a nerd Like Revenge of the Nerds should nerd. Be. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's, I mean... I don't know. He's not a nerd. He's just a kid with like some antisocial personality. No, so he's issues. a science geek because he's okay. like inventing I didn't watch shit. Enough. He invents shit, including a yeah. machine that turns him cool. Right. So I mean, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. But like, but that's in the, the same first thing few episodes he's yeah. in, he's not like that at all. He's just awkward. He like just doesn't understand social conventions he's gonna pick up laura for her first date with with his first date with him so he swings by the cemetery to pull flowers out of somebody's grave to bring to laura like that's his idea of bringing flowers for a date which is supposed to be funny but just is kind of not (laughs) yeah no so another thing about that is sometimes i think in this same stereotype of nerds is that they're like very confident when dealing with adults <laughs> like so he calls all of his teachers by their first yeah. name he calls carl he acts like he's on par with carl yeah and instead of you know acting like one of the kids did you watch the video i sent paul 
I did not watch You have to watch it! Um, one thing that I, for some reason, really remembered in the later, see, I think you were right that I didn't watch it very much at the beginning either, and I watched it later on, is because I definitely mm-hmm. remember, and I don't know the context of this, but it will never leave my brain that they're at a roof party, and they do <laughs> a dance called yeah, the Urkel I... Dance, and I will never forget it, and it is just as ridiculous as it fucking sounds, and it's just as ridiculous now on YouTube as it was when I remember seeing it for the first time. Also, yeah. no one else on that show can dance, so, like, Laura and her friend Maxine, like, they can't dance, and <laughs> it's ludicrous. <laughs> and my favorite thing, and I'm gonna butcher this, but I watched it, and then I was, like, just for some, I never read YouTube comments, but I, like, glanced down, and one of the, like, third ones down was, like, hey, Laura, remember that time that we were at a party and someone played random music, and then I freestyled, but also the chorus had my name in it? I don't know why, but it just made me die. I, like, it was so fucking stupid. I just, like, when I read that the mother thought that the show jumped the shark, I was like, yeah, girl. And also, they told you you were getting a spinoff, and it was going to be about you and your family, and then it was about this idiot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I also felt like, and this is no shade on the girl who plays Laura, like, no, I'll give her some shade. She's bad. She's she not, yells her lines. She's not good. So she's not good. And the reason I say no shade is because I don't feel like they gave her a personality. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, so what? Whether or not she's a good actress, I don't that's know. That's true. And she grows I'll, I'll up. I'll take back my shade. I mean, you whatever. That's but she they she has no personality as a character other than no. to be like this foil for like Steve wanting to be in love with her. But then also they make her really thirsty for the cool version of him, which is Stefan Urkel. And that's just yeah. absurd and really stupid. And yeah, I don't know. So, so that was all ridiculous. There's this whole thing with this girl that likes regular Steve Urkel. I think her name is, is Myra. And she, Mm -hmm. so this is another random thing. So I randomly, really strongly remembered the roof dancing circle dance. I remember the episode where, yeah, I remember the episode where they were glued together. So I rewatched that one. It was not super illustrative of anything, but I remembered it. And then I remember (laughs) a time when Laura and Myra were having like a little cat fight about Steve slash Stefan and Laura called her Busty the Eighth Dwarf. Oh, nice. And I will never fucking forget it. And I sort of think about it as like a little personal insult. And not that that's never an insult. Boobs are great. Um, But I, (laughs) and also sometimes if I'm wearing a revealing shirt, my sister will call me that. And it just, it's just like. That's your next tattoo. That's my next tattoo. So anyway, that's just like, was a really good burn in a show that didn't have a lot of burns. And for some reason (laughs) it like really stuck with me. And also, yes, in case you're wondering, her boobs are huge. So yeah. So that's that on that. Um, <laughs> I feel like she grew in to be very beautiful toward the end of the series. But at the beginning, I felt like she just looked like every other awkward teenager. You know what I mean? Like she was just very yeah, 15 or whatever, like 14. Or that. She's supposed to be 13. But the fun fact about that is that she's actually a month older than. So Eddie's supposed to be the older brother. She's the middle sister until she's then the younger sister. And she is a month older than him, even though he's the older brother. Oh, nice. Um, he also grew up to be real hot. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was good-looking already, like, and he grew up to be, like, a really handsome man. So, yeah, every... But he didn't have a lot of character either. He just wanted shit he wasn't supposed to have. <laughs> like, he just wanted shit. 
So here's where I failed in my rewatch. Oh, yeah. Is what I want to, so what I was trying to do, and I ended up watching four episodes or almost four episodes and kind of just being like, okay, that's enough. And maybe I should have tried to watch more. What I was trying to do is find that sweet spot in the middle of Family Matters where I remember the focus being almost exclusively on Urkel. Mm-hmm. Like his plot lines and him being. Right. Despite being the neighbor, everything sort of revolved around him. And I say sweet right. spot in a sort of a, not a, like that's a, the wrong word for it. But that seems like where the show went is that Steve Urkel got so much. And the did I do that thing? Yeah. Also, got any cheese? Was that a thing? Right. That was a thing. Yeah. Cheese was a thing. I remember the did I do that thing. Yeah. I didn't see him. I didn't find an episode where he does it. I should have just jumped to sort of the middle of the series. Oh, or I did. Yeah. I watched some of those middle ones. Going into this, my impression was, yeah, I watched it. It was a thing. It was fine. I don't think that I will like Urkel at all right. <laughs> anymore. And I saw a limited amount of him, and I still feel like that's true, where yeah, maybe there could have been a show that didn't have Urkel on it. It would have been okay. I don't well, know. Well, and if, <laughs> you know, I, so, like, I'm not a Seinfeld fan, but I, like, they had, like, you know, wasn't the wacky neighbor that was, like, but he wasn't the main focus of every single like is the wacky neighbor kind of a thing like if he would have just stayed if he would have stayed at like wacky neighbor territory instead Mm -hmm. of becoming the main focus um poor jaleel white like as the show went on like he started to go through puberty and they were like oh but you have to like stay youthful and looking and skinny and so he was like Mm -hmm. expressly forbidden from like lifting weights of any kind and they like end up giving him baggier clothes toward the end but they don't want you to see that he's like turning into like a muscular man (laughs) and like he had to shave constantly and he obviously had to like talk in that voice and then he really felt like he was typecast which yes yeah i mean urkel was huge this show was huge for urkel he was so popular well and then that whole thing where he was like sometimes stefan and like kind of hot and like blah 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 like and that was gross too like i watched a couple of those where like first of all that's a lot of weird messages she only likes you if you're this guy which is like a gross message and then you're like totally willing to just do that and then everyone else thinks that's fine and then everyone really likes hanging out with you and everyone was fawning over him like like everyone had a boner for him like (laughs) including carl and like everyone in town and that's funny to me because it's not like some weird suspended disbelief scenario where they like don't know he's normally steve like (laughs) he's still the same fucking guy like he just took his glasses off like it's not that it's not like it's he's pretending to be his cousin or something yeah, it just is really weird to me that everyone's like, oh, that's fine. This is like sometimes he becomes a magically cooler person, but we can't find any of the things that we like about him when he's normal. <laughs> like, it just was yeah. really weird to me. Yeah, it was really weird to me. What so else? I feel like this, watching this makes me think that at some point, if we do enough of these, we're going to have to have like a, a sitcom throwdown bracket or something. <laughs> yeah. Crown the ultimate sitcom because this really makes me question my who's the boss thumbs up. I honestly can't watch enough of them to be able to participate in that. (laughs) 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 Um, You know what I got to tell you, though? Like, I wasn't. There were some parts of Who's the Boss that made me, like, kind of roll my eyes, but I was, like, chuckling still. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, like, wanted to like this. 
because it was wholesome. Like it started out wholesome. And I just feel like, you know, growing up as a kid, like growing up as a kid, like I grew up in a middle class. I grew up in two middle class neighborhoods. My parents were divorced and they both lived in very white neighborhoods. There was like five black kids in my whole school. Like it felt it, it, I think it was nice to see shows that had normal black families on them. Like, I think that was important, yeah. but, yeah. but I didn't like the entertainment value wasn't there. Um, and yeah. I thought about as I was thinking that thought and thinking about the representation of different families and different types of families and how that's, you know, gone over time and blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, well, but, but I really liked Fresh Prince. <laughs> I don't know if I would like it now, but like, I like. Yeah, well, it's got to be on our list. It definitely is. I mean, I just, because then I was trying to think, like, I never really saw other shows with black people. And I was like, oh, but I watched Fresh Prince. Like, you know, so it wasn't. And I don't think it made a big difference to me at the time, but I just like looking back at it now, like, it just feels like, I don't know. I don't know. I I remember watching it. It was nice to see that. Yeah, I mean, I did too, although I can't tell you literally one episode of it. No, I can't. Really, at all. I remember remember watching Bill Cosby's stand-up more than I watched The Cosby Show. That was what was playing at my house, Mm. which is, you know, it probably says a lot about me, but, um, but, anywho, did we, do we, so is there any other things you need to add about? I don't think so. I, this, it, it felt lukewarm to me. It was fine. They end the first episode with. Them sitting at the piano singing, he's got the whole world in his hand. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then, like, and it, it, that felt more like maybe the show they were trying to make, and then Urkel just sort of takes over. Right, and honestly, but, like, I, I like the idea of that. I guess that's what I was saying about seeing this family. I, like, I, I liked the idea of that show better than a, right. a show about an annoying neighbor because I didn't feel like his hijinks were entertaining. But that said, I didn't feel like this family was all that entertaining because they didn't maybe have time to develop them. I don't know. Like when you watch Full House, they have like their shticks. Like each family member has like their own character development, I think. Whereas and like sassiness and you're right, like poking fun at each other. Like when we watched. Yeah, when we watched Who's the Boss, like they were making jokes and and poking fun at each other a little bit but that was like where the humor is and and i think loving families do that (laughs) yeah i think there's some line that you could reach where i do think later sitcoms got to the point where it just became it felt mean well like sure about this on our show before where just the meanness of the cut downs like they kept having to go further and further to try and get that joke Sure, I would agree with that. I feel like there's definitely a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Like Roseanne, I think they were pretty, you know. But I, I think I never watched Roseanne. Yeah, you're right. There's a sweet spot, and I just this. Oh yeah, I watched it a lot. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I do remember it being a little bit more crap, like you know, a little bit rougher humor. But but yeah, this just didn't do much for me. So I guess I guess you know, does it go in your canon? (laughs) No. Yeah, me neither. I no no I and. So I really think part of the reason or a big part of the reason why this I don't want to put this in my canon almost has very little to do with the actual uh, family of Family Matters and a lot to do with Urkel. Yeah. 
and that I I really don't like Urkel, especially if we're calling this the nerd canon, and then we're going to put Urkel in the nerd canon. I don't like that at all. I don't like him right. as a character. I don't like him on this show. Sorry. Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't go in my canon. Yeah, for, me for neither. Me neither. I agree. Um, I, I might have liked a show about this family better if it wasn't for him, but I, I, obviously... At the time, that was a, really the draw, but I don't know why that would be. <laughs> for me, mm-hmm. it's not. But but yeah, that's that's funny to me that that's both of the reason that we're not into it, but it's also what the like network thought was the best part of it. Was the absolutely yeah was, yeah, and you know I uh, read about I read about like tensions between him and the rest of the cast because you know he was getting up so favored, and it was like obviously not his fault, but I mean just funny. It's funny to me that that's the not the enduring. <laughs> thing for us but yeah that's that on that hey peeps if you are enjoying nerd canon you should check us out on patreon um we are gonna start building a community with some facebook live events and some cool prizes and so if you're interested in supporting us check us out at patreon.com slash nerd canon thank you for listening thanks to joe costanza for writing our theme song if you want more nerdy goodness you can find us at twitter and instagram we're at nerd canon and nerd canon podcast you can email us at nerd canon podcast at gmail.com Com. And we will see you in two weeks with what, Paul? 90s videos? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another round true. of 90s videos coming at you in two weeks. And you can also, I just want to say this again, Beth put a nice calendar up. So if you want to watch stuff before we do it and you can... You know, yeah, the same thing watch with ahead us. with us. I've also started posting, you know, we come out every other Sunday. And so on the opposite Sundays, I've started to post like what's going to be coming out the following week. So um, on both Twitter and on Instagram. So give us a follow on either or both of those. I do post different stuff on them, um, sometimes out of laziness, sometimes um, just because. And so, um, so definitely consider us following us there and you can see what's coming up there as well. But yeah, nerdcanon.com, we have a, a schedule so all of that, um, all of that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Keep the nerd alive. Keep it alive. Bye. Okay, bye.